Well, good morning, Rivertown Community Church. Hey, I want to welcome all of our campuses, and uh, we are, as you've heard, we're in our fifth week of our series entitled Welcome to Wonderland. And the big question behind this series is this question here, what do you wonder? Because see, we all wonder a lot of different things, but here's the thing, all of the things that we wonder, they all have this one thing in common. See, I wonder about my life. I wonder about my future, I wonder about my dreams, if they'll come true, I wonder if I experience everything that I hope to experience in my lifetime, I wonder if I'll achieve all the goals that I have for my life, or if I'll be happy, or if I'll live a long life. In other words, I just kind of wonder what my purpose is in life. And most likely, all of you do the same thing. You wonder about your life. But the one thing that all my wonderings have in common is that they revolve around me and my life. And the one thing that all of your wonderings have in common is that they all revolve around you, and, and that's natural. But as we've discovered over the last four weeks, it's not really helpful when it comes to discovering what your life purpose is, because what we've discovered for the past few weeks is you can't fully understand your purpose until you understand that your purpose is part of a bigger picture. See, it's, it's just kind of like this puzzle piece right here. You can't figure out the purpose of a puzzle piece without all the other pieces. And the same thing is true for you. You can't figure out your purpose apart from the broader or the wider context. So what we've said for the last couple of weeks is this. If you do life just staring in the mirror, where you're kind of the center focus of your life and you only focus on you, what it does is it keeps you from seeing the bigger wonderland of purpose around you that God has created for you to not only be involved in, but your specific part. So what we've said for the last couple of weeks is you, you've got to learn doing, to do life looking out the window to understand how your story fits into the bigger picture that is taking place around you. Now here's the thing about this. It's like one of the most liberating truths that you'll ever experience, but it is like one of the most challenging truths that you'll ever experience or try to understand as well. Because what it means is, is life is not about you. It's about the God who created you, and it's about all the people that are around you. So until you learn to live life looking out the window, uh, until it's not about you, you're going to miss all the wonderland of purpose that is all around you. Because as we said in week three of this series, and that is this, purpose is always found across the border of what's in it for me. But see, well, once it's not about you, then you'll see what you are created to do. You'll start seeing the wider context and, and the bigger picture of this fact that, that you are this. Understand this, that you are important in God's plan. You are an, an important part in God's plan, but just one part. The question is this, and we said last week that we're going to kind of give you like a driving principle, a, a principle that you could live out and understand how to use your gifts, your talents, your abilities, your personality, your life experience to live out your purpose in life. So, so the question becomes, how do you live out this grander view or see this grander view so that you can live out what God specifically created you to do? 
Well, it starts by realizing that this circle right here is not truly an accurate representation of your life. See, there is so much more to your life than just the years that you're going to be here on this earth. When you really stop and think about it, there's actually an eternity that is waiting on you on the other side of this life. See, if you could just see like the totality of your existence, this is more of what your existence would look like. See, you're actually going to spend a lot more time here than you are in your one little life here. Your one little life right here, this 60, 70, 80, 90, maybe 90 years that you'll get to spend on this life, it's just like the tip of the iceberg for your life. So if you do life only focused on this little segment of time and forgetting eternity, you are guaranteed to miss the purpose for your life. So what I want to do today is basically want to introduce you to a, a bigger picture, helping you understand what does this mean for your life? Like what is God doing around you so that you can see specifically what you were created to do? Because don't miss this. Your, your purpose, your, your part in God's grander purpose in pursuing this word, world, I'm telling you folks, it is so important. But it's just a part of what God is doing. And more importantly, it's about setting you up for eternity. And so once you understand like, how your role fits into God's grander plan, it makes all the difference at how you view and understand this thing about purpose. Now, around AD 55, the Apostle Paul he was writing to a group of Christ followers who were living in Corinth, and, and they were having difficulty seeing the grander context of how their lives also fit into God's plan and understanding this whole idea that there's more to life than just here and now what we experience here on this earth. So he started by explaining this whole circle and line perspective, that, that this life is not all there is. And then he began to unpack for them God's bigger purpose which helps us to understand God's more, if you want to say it this way, more specific purpose for our part in his grander plan. In fact, here is how the Apostle Paul says it. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning in verse 5. Here, here's what he says. Now the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God. So there is a purpose that God has fashioned and designed all of us for. And last week we talked about some of the key elements of that design and how God designed you to specifically live out a certain plan and purpose in this world. He says, but the one who's fashioned us for this very purpose, and we're going to break down what this purpose includes for your life and God's grander plan, is God, who has given us the Spirit, literally the Spirit of God, as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. So the Apostle Paul starts off, he says, listen, to understand God's purpose for your life, you have to understand that God's ultimate purpose is for every man, every human being, every woman, every child, every student to experience a relationship with God that never ends. God's ultimate purpose for every human being is to be part of his forever family. 
And whenever you accept the invitation to join his family, the Apostle Paul says, God does something that is truly extraordinary. The, the minute you accept God's forgiveness into your heart, he places, don't miss this, he places his spirit within you, within your being. And he does it for the same reason that you put a deposit down whenever you're choosing to buy a house. He gives you his spirit as a guarantee for what is to come. What is to come in your future life and then through all eternity, which is this. So whenever you choose to like follow God and, and his purpose for your life right now, what he's saying is basically then you'll be able to spend eternity living the life that you were created to live. And I mean, that just kind of shakes some of us with a whole new idea. Like it's like, if I choose to follow God and his purpose for my life right now, then not only now, but for eternity, I will spend my life living the purpose that God created me for. And here is why this matters. He says, for we must all, that means everyone, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due us. Now, let me just stop right here and just say something. This little phrase right here, so that each of us may receive what is due us, he's talking about our rewards. The rewards that we're gonna receive for how we live our life here on this earth. In fact, he kind of unpacks that. He says, so each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Now, let me just kind of break this down a little bit more for you. What the Apostle Paul is referring to here is not where you're going to spend eternity. See, where you're going to spend eternity, that's determined by whether you accept God's invitation through Jesus Christ to be part of his forever family. So like, did you receive God's forgiveness, his grace, his mercy, that gift of redemption in your heart and life? He says, that determines where you spend eternity. But the Apostle Paul says, you need to understand that one day we all have to answer for what we did with this life that God gave us. It's all about rewards. Like, did we live out the purpose for which he created us? Did we use the gifts and abilities that he gave us in the right way? Did we you look, do life looking in the mirror? Or did we do life looking out the window, seeing how we could serve other people? Now, now here's the thing. When you read something like this, it kind of makes you cringe a little bit, doesn't it? Because this whole idea of having to give an account for your little one and only life right now, you know, this little existence here now, he's like, oh, I don't necessarily want to do that. But let me ask you this. Don't you want other people to have to give an account for their life? Don't, don't you want the people who've hurt you? Don't you want the people who've caused pain for others, maybe even you? Don't you want the people who you consider evil to have to answer for what they did, to be rewarded, if you want to say, for what they did? See, I, I think there's something in all of us that wants God to be just with all the other people. But the way that he delivers this justice is if he does it only for all people. It's the only way to deliver justice is if you do it for everyone, including you and including me. So the Apostle Paul says, this is the moment, this moment right here is gonna be the moment when God's going to deliver justice, when God is going to give rewards. And, and we're all gonna basically answer for what we did with the life 
that God gave us. And then kind of as that as a backdrop, he begins to paint a picture of the bigger purpose that you are a specific part of. He says, this is important. This, this backdrop here will help you understand why this purpose that he's going to break out for us is so important. Notice what he says. Since then, we know what it is to fear the Lord. So here he's talking to Christ followers. He says, listen, if you're a follower of Christ, you know what it is to be in a relationship with God. He says, since then, we know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade others. So what are we trying to persuade others of? And, and why would we even try to persuade others? What, what does all this mean? Well, here's basically what it, you could break it down to saying. Since we know now that everyone is accountable for how they live their lives, then the most loving thing we can do is try to help them prepare for that day when they will be rewarded for how they live their life. And it's kind of like the Apostle Paul is going, you know, this bigger perspective, it helps you realize that every person you see this week will one day step into eternity and answer, basically, you can break it down to two basic questions, and that is this. First one, what did you do with Jesus? Literally, did you accept the forgiveness that Jesus offered you so that you could be part of God's forever family? And here's the reality. The answer to this question right here, what did you do with Jesus? Did you receive him into your heart as your Lord and Savior? Did you receive his forgiveness so that you could be part of God's forever family? Because the answer to this question will determine your eternal inheritance, not your reward. That's, that's different. That's what we, you know, we get rewarded based on, you know, how we do our life, but in our inheritance, where we're going to spend eternity, whether we're going to spend eternity with God or whether we're gonna spend eternity apart from God. And you know, the reality is, that's really like your choice. That, that's your choice. And here's the, here's the interesting thing. God will honor whatever choice that you make. Because the reality is you say, Jesus, I want nothing to do with you. I don't want to have anything to do with you right here and now in this life. Then he goes, hey, I grant that wish, and not only will I grant it for now, but I'll grant it for all eternity. Or if you come to Jesus and say, Jesus, listen, man, I want a relationship with you. I, I want to receive your gift of forgiveness and, and a right relationship with you because of that forgiveness. Then Jesus goes, man, I'll grant that. I'd love to give you that. And not only will I give it to you here and now, but I'll give you that for all of eternity. So God honors the choice that we make. So what did you do with Jesus? The second question that basically we're gonna to have to answer is this. What did you do with the purpose for which God made you? Literally like, did you use your natural abilities? Did you use your personal passion? Did you unique, use your unique personality, your life experiences? Did you use your spiritual gifts that God gave you to serve others as God called us to? And if you kinda of wonder like, well, where do you get this question from? Where's this idea for this question come from? You might want to write this down in Matthew chapter 25, starting in verse 31, and kind of almost to the end of the chapter. You can kind of read about how this idea comes about. Because see, the, those are the questions that, th this is all a kind of about reward, like what kind of rewards are we going to get? And those are kind of the questions that we're going to have to kind of deal with at the end of this life as we move from this life into eternity. Now here's the good news. You, you can prepare for these. Because here's the reality, you, your spouse, your children, I mean, it's like your sons, your daughters, your mom, your dad, your siblings, your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers, if you're in school, your classmates, 
they're all going to have to basically answer these same two questions. And the Apostle Paul's point is simply this. Don't you want those people that you love and that you care about to experience this same life of forgiveness and purpose that you have? And shouldn't you care enough about them to share with them how important this truth is for their lives as well? In fact, here's how the Apostle Paul says that we should feel as we understand this, and that is this. For Christ's love compels us. Now, let me, let me kind of break this down for you a little bit more personal. You could read it this way and add these words in. For Christ's love for us compels us. Literally, when we understand how much God loves us, and we're going to see that in just a moment. When we understand how much God loves us, he says it will compel us to do these things that he's going to be talking about here in just a moment. He says, for Christ's love compels us because we are all convinced that one died, referring to Jesus, that Jesus died for everyone, and therefore all died. And then he goes on, and he died for all, once again saying for everyone, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Now some of you go, what in the world does all that dying and living and all that stuff mean? Well, it's kind of just kind of a confusing way of saying this. Once you realize that Jesus loved you enough to die for you and pay your sin debt, to pay for everything you've ever done wrong, every mistake you've made, everything you've done wrong, that he loves you enough that he died for you, the person next to you, and every person that's around you, he says once it dawns on you that he is for everyone and he wants a relationship with everyone and he invites everyone to be forgiven and part of his forever family, then he says why wouldn't you want everyone to understand that? He says when you understand God's love for you and God's love for everyone else, why wouldn't that compel you to help everybody else understand that? And why would you live your one and only little life right here and now just for yourself? Why wouldn't you live for a much grander purpose than yourself? Why wouldn't you live for the purpose of the one who gave everything for you, including his life? And when you think about it that way, what the Apostle Paul is about to say, it just seems like the common sense thing to do. Because all of a sudden now, you're seeing life from a different perspective. It's not just my one and only little life right here in my 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 years that I might have on this earth. But it's this life that is preparing me for eternity, which is the life to come. And then the Apostle Paul, he continues in verse 17. He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. All of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Now, don't miss this word reconciled right here. We're going to come back to it. He says he, he reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us, this is part of your purpose, it's part of your specific purpose in this world. He gave us the ministry of reconciliation. And here's what the ministry of reconciliation is. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message 
of reconciliation. So part of your purpose in God's grander plan is that you are living out and carrying out the message of reconciliation. So literally what the Apostle Paul is saying in verses 17 through 19 in the passage we're looking at today is this. He's telling us how your purpose fits into the bigger picture of what God is doing in the world. That God has made it possible for every person you know to be reconciled to him through Jesus. And some of you are going, what does the word reconciled mean? Well, the word reconciled, it's a very interesting word because it means to take two things that are incompatible. They're just not compatible and make them compatible. So, so literally what he's saying here is this. Your sin and my sin, our unloving choices, our unkind words, our bad attitudes, all the things we've done wrong, they make us incompatible with a loving, good, holy, perfect God. We're, we're just not compatible, which means that in Christ, that God was reconciling himself to the world in Christ, what that means is, is that what God did for us is God did something for us that we could not do for ourselves. He sent Jesus to say, I'm going to cancel your sin debt, to pay for our sin debt, so that we could be offered forgiveness and a place in God's forever family. Literally, you could say it this way, that God sent Jesus to make us compatible with God so that we could be part of his family. Now, God's ultimate plan is to make sure that every person on the planet knows what he's done for them. Don't miss that. God's ultimate plan is for every person on this planet to know that he has made them compatible, that they understand that fully. It is literally the passion and the heartbeat behind everything that God does. Listen, God wants a relationship with you. And he's done everything that he can to make that relationship possible. And now, for every one of us who have experienced that, the Apostle Paul is saying, God has given us the responsibility of letting everybody around us know that God is for them and that God loves them and God wants a relationship with them. Literally, he's saying, it is our opportunity, the message of reconciliation, it is our opportunity to help everybody understand that God is for them. So if you really want to know your purpose in life, he's saying, this is the framework this is the context. This is the bigger picture of what your purpose is all about. That God wired you to fulfill a very specific purpose in this world. The only way you can fulfill it based on the way that you were designed to fulfill it. But here's the thing. When you are fulfilling your unique, your specific God-given purpose, it will contribute to the bigger purpose of helping everyone in this world know that they can be reconciled to God. Literally, they can be made compatible. They can be in a relationship, a love relationship with God. Literally, here's the thing we have to understand. Your purpose was designed to point people to Jesus. Your purpose was designed to point people to Jesus. 
That is the guiding principle that most of us miss when we try to discover and understand our purpose. See, however you serve, whatever way you make your contribution in this world, it should point people to Jesus and this incredible message that they can be forgiven and be part of God's forever family. That's why almost about 25 years ago, when there were only about 25 or 30 of us, maybe 40 of us, um, we, back then we weren't even called Rivertown Community Church, it was Bethel Mennonite Church, we, we all read this book called The Purpose Driven Church. And, and as we were reading it, we discovered this truth from the Apostle Paul. And, and we made a commitment that we were going to live our lives this way, that the love of Christ, it compelled us, that his incredible love for us and his incredible love for everybody else, it compelled us because we can, were convinced that everybody deserves to know that God loves them, that God is for them, and God wants a relationship with them. And so our goal as a church has been to create a place that people not in church who've had bad church experiences, they, they could come and they could experience it and they could maybe leave think, you know, I don't even know anything about that Bible and I'm pretty sure I don't believe everything those people believe, but man, that was kind of helpful for me. That was encouraging to me. See, see we, we made this commitment that we want this to be a safe place where people could voice their questions and their doubts and, and understand that we really do love them and accept them regardless of what they're doing with their life or what they've done in their life. That their kids come and, I mean, their kids are learning something helpful each week and, and they're thinking, listen, I, I don't know that I completely agree with everything, but I'm going to keep bringing them back even if I don't agree. And some of you today, I mean, like you're on one of our campuses and, and you're not a follower of Jesus or you kind of had a bad church experience and you kind of swore off on church and you're like, I, I don't even feel like I'm good enough to go to church or that kind of thing. And I am so sorry that somebody made you feel that way. We want you to know that we have created this place and, and these experiences for you. And we just want to invite you to come and explore and ask questions and express doubt and, and figure out for yourself whether you believe that God is for you because we believe that God is for you. And whether you want to be forgiven and be part of his forever family, see, you matter to us and you matter to God and, and we promise that we're going to fight for you to have a safe place for you to process your relationship with God. And, and I want to tell you, if we mess it up, I promise you, we will apologize and fix it. Because see, we are convinced you matter to God whether God matters to you or not. Now, the other reason we made this commitment is this, is we were convinced that most Christians don't care enough about people or don't care enough that people don't know God for themselves. We just became convinced of that years ago, that, that most Christians don't care enough that people don't know that God is for them. In fact, for many people, if you really stop and think about it, it's true for some of you, Christians are the reason that you don't think that God is for you. Because some Christian told you that God wasn't for you. So, so we didn't make this commitment to be this kind of church that creates a safe place for people to grow and learn and, and lead them into what we call a growing relationship with Jesus Christ because our communities need another church for people to attend. Listen, our goal wasn't to create a better version of something that already exists. It wasn't just to create better music or better preaching or better experience so that all the Christians could be happy. Now, that was not the idea at all. In fact, if you are a Christ follower, you need to understand that our goal or that God's goal for you 
is our goal for you. And that is to help you find and discover your purpose. And here's the bigger thing. And to start caring about people as much as God does. Because if you really stop and think about it, Jesus came to serve and to give his life away so that people would know that God is for them, that God loves them. And so we think as Christ followers that what we should do is we should serve and we should give our lives away. I mean, after all, how can you follow Jesus and be like him and not do what he did? Or how can you not care about the people that he cares about? And here's the thing I know. I mean, we don't always get this perfect because we're people, we're human, and nobody's perfect. But it's the reason that we exist as a church and we always keep coming back to that. It's about helping people understand that God is for them, that God loves them. So if you're a Christ follower, you kind of consider yourself like a church person, you need to know this isn't a place where we're saying, hey, it's okay just to come and, and just sit com comfortably as a consumer. Because remember, in the series we discovered life is not about you, it's about the people that are around you. Now, there's some of you, and you've been hurt by churches, you've been hurt by Christians, and you need to come, and you need to sit for a while and let God heal your soul. But if you consider yourself like a Christ follower that's all dynamic for Jesus and everything, man, you can't just be a consumer. So here's our challenge. In fact, here's the specific step the Apostle Paul would say, if you call yourself a Christ follower, here's what you should do. Here's, here's what you should live out. Look at verse 20. Here's what he says. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Now, don't miss this word ambassadors right here. And don't miss the passion that the Apostle Paul has in this statement. He goes, we, we implore you. We, we appeal to you. So here's the big question. If you call yourself a Christ follower, as a Christ follower, are you allowing God to use you as an ambassador, as a representative for him in this world? Are you living your life in a way to show people this is what an ambassador does. They're representative of someone else. So are you living your life in a way that shows people that God is for them? Do people experience God's love through you in the way that you treat them at work, in the way that you treat them at school, in the way that you treat them at home, in the way that you treat them in their neighborhood? I mean, did people this past week taste his grace, his acceptance, and his love by how you lived and treat others last week? What, what did they experience through you? Like, are you using your gifts and your abilities and your passions and, and your natural talents and, and experiences to show people that God is on their side, that God is for them? Are you really an ambassador of Jesus Christ and his love for people in this world? As you think back on this last week, if your answer is no, you're missing the whole point of why God gave you what he gave you and put you where you are right here, right now. Because your purpose isn't about you. It's about the people around you. So, so for some of you, I mean, like, here's the step that you need to take to be an ambassador 
I mean, you, maybe you just say, today I'm going to get involved and, and I'm going to start doing life looking out the window. And I'm going to start looking at the needs around me and I'm going to start serving the people in my community. I'm going to start serving the people through the church. See, some of you, it's like you need to get involved and maybe come along to like our dream team here at our church and you just need to take your gifts and your ability and your experiences and use them to create a place where kids or where students know that God is for them. In fact, many of you on many of our campuses, you've stepped up and, and you say, I'm going to use my gifts, my abilities, my talents to help create like the best hour of a child or student's week. But here's what we know. If more people would do that, we could reach more children and more students. So some of you, you need to take your abilities and gifts and your life experiences and help, under, help adults understand that God loves them and God accepts them and God is for them. You, you need to help us create places that every adult can be a part of that helps them understand, hey, I am needed in this world. I am known in this world. I am loved by God and I am loved by other people. See, you need to help us create places where adults can be open about their doubts and explore their faith or re-explore their faith for themselves. And, and one of the areas that we call that, and right now you know you've heard this, we're, we're, we're asking you to sign up to be a part of a, an adult small group because that's a great place where that can happen. See, part of your life's purpose, and this is what the Apostle Paul is saying, is to invest the abilities and the talents that God has given you to be part of what he's doing through the church in this world. Now, if you're not connected with us, here's what I'd like to challenge all of you to do on all of our campuses. Right after this service, you can join us at an environment called Next, and, and there's going to be a pastor who's going to come up and talk to you after I get done with the sermon. But Next is just a 10-minute conversation. He'll tell you where you can meet him at. It's a 10-minute conversation how that you can get involved this fall by either getting in a group or serving so you can start living out your divine purpose, begin to discover what that is. Because we want to help you understand where your purpose fits into what God has called us to do collectively. collectively. And then when you begin to understand where your purpose fits into what God has called us to do collectively, you will begin to experience what it's like for God to use you. And don't miss this, what I'm going to say here. You'll begin to experience what it's like for God to use you to show people his love. Listen, there's nothing more fulfilling or rewarding than when you see a child or a student or adult get it, that God loves them, that he cares about them, that they matter. In fact, I would just say this. If you're a Christ follower and you think you're all passionate for God, but you just say, I'm just going to come here and consume and like enjoy the music and occasionally enjoy the preaching, that kind of thing, and just kind of enjoy the experience, but never invest your life to help somebody else know that God is for them, we kind of hope this conversation this morning makes you feel a little bit uncomfortable. And here's why. Because it's unhealthy for you to let you be comfortable making life about you. And we care way too much about you to let you miss the purpose that God has for you. Now, some of you, you're with us today on one of our campuses and, and, and you used to give your life for others and it used to be about helping people understand that God loved them and God was for them, but you got distracted with life. Something distracted you and you lost sight of your purpose. And today the Holy Spirit is telling you, you need to refocus. So don't waste what God has given you refocus don't waste this life because there is so much more than just here and now and this short life i mean there's a whole eternity 
So don't waste your one and only life in preparation for eternity. Now, for those of you that aren't Christ followers, here's what we want you to know. And then this could be your next best step. Or maybe you've kind of walked away from God and you're just checking out this God thing. Maybe this could be your next best step. Don't miss this. Verse 21. God made him, referring to Jesus, who had no sin to be sin for us. Don't, don't miss this verse. To be sin for us. Here's what this means. Jesus came to this earth to serve you no matter who you are. He came to give his life for you no matter who you are so that you could be reconciled to God. Here's what he says. God made him, referring to Jesus, who had no sin, literally perfect, to be sin, literally whatever sins you've committed in your life, when Jesus was on the cross, it was as God put all of your sin that you've ever committed, any wrongs that you've ever done in your past, and he put them all on Jesus. He took them off of you, and he put them on Jesus. And Jesus suffered and died on the cross, and he rose again to take God's punishment, God's anger, and God's wrath toward all of our sin on himself so that you and I could be compatible with God in the way the Apostle Paul said, so that in him, referring in Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God, literally so that when we accept God's forgiveness, when we accept God's grace, his mercy, and forgiveness, we, we accept the forgiveness of God and the mercy of God and the grace of God, we all of a sudden become compatible with God because our sin is no longer what God sees. He sees the righteousness of Jesus Christ, Christ's perfection covering us. We are in Christ because Christ took all of our sin on himself on the cross if we receive his forgiveness for it. See, see, we don't know what you've been told about God, but we know what God says about you. God says he loves you so much that Jesus died and he rose again to pay the penalty for all of your sin. He's done everything he could do to have a relationship with you. He made forgiveness possible for you through his work on the cross. And he's invited you into, you into his forever family. And so the big question becomes for you this morning, you know, what are you waiting for? All you have to do is accept this invitation and receive his forgiveness. That's all you have to do. Just accept the invitation. And the question becomes, well, will you do that? Will you do that? Because some of you, are, you're sitting here with us this morning, and you're going, God could never forgive me. I'm not lovable. You don't understand what I did in my past. And the Apostle Paul is reminding us, and our heart as a church is this, to understand, listen, God made Jesus, who had no sin, to be sin for us. Literally, it was like he did all the sins that we did. God took them all for us and put them on Jesus. And then Jesus paid the price for all our sin. And here's the question. Why wouldn't you accept that invitation? Why, why wouldn't you enter into a relationship with someone who loves you and accepts you unconditionally? 
And so as we close out today, if, if you're here and, and you're like, I'm not sure if I'm a Christ follower and, 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 and I don't even know, you know, if I'm good enough. And, and here's the thing. God says, no, 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 no. You are. You are. I sent Jesus. That's how much you're worth. I sent my one and only son to die, to pay the price for all your sin. Your worth and value is so great that I gave my one and only son for you. And what we want to do today is we want to give you a chance to say, as we sang earlier, I'm a child of God. We want you to be able to walk out of the auditorium that you're in right now saying, I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. In my father's house, there is a place for me because I am a child of God. And all you have to do to receive that gift is embrace the forgiveness and grace that God freely gives for all our sin, for all our regrets, for all our shame. So will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I I thank you. Um, I thank you that you love every one of us enough that you literally took the sins that we committed and you placed them on your son and sent him to the cross to pay the price, to satisfy the punishment, the anger, the wrath of God. Now I just pray that you'll help every one of us understand how much God loves us. God, for every person who's never received that gift of forgiveness, who've never felt compatible with you, because there's like, I never can be forgiven. I've done too many bad things. May this be the day when they have that realization. Oh, God loves me that much that he can forgive me no matter what I did or even what I'm doing now. If that's you, will you pray this prayer in your heart as I pray it out loud? Will you say, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me And thank you for who you say that I am. That that I am worthy of forgiveness. That I am worthy of love. And today I receive that gift of forgiveness and I receive that gift of your love. And I'm just going to choose to follow you and, and walk with you and learn what it means to be your child. To be loved by you. To no longer live in fear of you. Thank you for loving me that much. Thank you for for your, your forgiveness. And may I begin to feel that forgiveness. If you just pray that prayer, let us know that on that connect card that was in your worship guide. Say, hey, I, I just received Jesus Christ. Or, or maybe you are a Christ follower and you're saying, today was my day when I said, God, I, I really want to understand your love for me better. Because I have so much shame and so much regret and I worry so much about what other people think about me or say about me. Today, I I just want to focus on who you say I am. And then, God, I just pray for all of us who call ourselves followers of Christ. May we understand that a very key part of our specific purpose in this life 
It's always about pointing people to Jesus and helping them understand how much you care and love them. And God, I pray that your love for us as we understand how much you love us, may it compel us to live as ambassadors every day, representatives to our neighbors, to our coworkers, to our family, to fellow students, that you love and care for them deeper and more richly than they could ever imagine. God, thank you, thank you for your incredible love. May we live in it and may we share it with others from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen.